It's about time someone gets real. Bro, are you sure we're even supposed to be listening to this? Welcome to the Church Misfit Podcast with motivational and thought-provoking content designed to push you further personally, professionally, and spiritually. If this don't move you, you might be dead. Here's your host, Catalyst Collective founder, Joe Elliott. Okay, we're back for session session six. Let's yes, see sir. If I can say that right. Session six. Yep. Uh, we had Doctor Tomas and Lisa Turkhurst, and and I think we, it's fair to to summarize session six under the umbrella of qualities of good leaders. Now, yeah. I I'm a checklist kind of guy, so this might feel like a checklist uh, in terms of self evaluating where you feel like you fall and and where you're strong, where you're weak. We'll start with uh, Dr. Tomas, and he's looking at six qualities of a leader who can handle a crisis well, and and so um, these are the six he's gonna he's he talks in detail about. So I'll just list them right here. Number one, uh, intelligence. Number two, curiosity. Number three, humility. Number four, resiliency. Uh, number five, empathy, and number six, integrity. Um, now he spent time in his talk, kind of giving us the definition. We don't have to. We I yeah. think most of us already know uh, what these words mean and what they're about. And so we're just going to have open discussion when we look through curiosity, humility, resiliency, empathy, integrity, intelligence, um, and, and kind of do what maybe our own filter. Yeah. Um, but also what we perceive is um, why these might be important in in leaders and the leaders that we follow or which ones in particular stand out to us as most important. Now, again, this is a little bit subjective because it really, really be based on our values individually and what we find important in a leader. Um, nonetheless, these are qualities of a leader that uh, will navigate a crisis well. So what were your big picture thoughts or takeaways, or was there one of these that you were specifically see as most important? Yeah, I I think empathy was, I mean, I'm just really biased towards that. Um, Just because like in my own story, that was a big thing that was missing for a long time. And once it, I learned that trait, it Mm -hmm. became like kind of the basis of my, my platform, I would say. So that one definitely like, that was towards the end, but when he when he went to that one, like I got excited. I was like, okay, cool. Like, so you can have intelligence, you can have, you can be curious, you can be um, humble, you can be resilient. But if you're not like stepping into the place of your team or your people that are following you, and it, it kind of goes along with everything we've been talking about, like yeah. just looking at it through their their shoes and saying, like, okay, am, am I buying into the vision? Am I casting the vision correctly to be bought into? Is like, is this something that's worth it? It's like, do, am I presenting this product to be worth it or not? Mm-hmm. And so, um, just for myself, that's something that I always want to try to um, emulate mm-hmm. is is just leaders who are empathetic. Do you guys find that, like the love language thing, that you tend mm-hmm. to want to receive what love the same way you you give love to others? Same thing in leadership. We tend to look for the leadership qualities in others that we ourselves are strong in because they value us. You just mentioned empathy, and I know I know that you specifically are strong in that area yeah. when it comes to empathy as a leader. 
And so, and you just shared it as a value. I'm just wondering. That's interesting. Yeah. Do you guys also find those correlations? Good thought. Um, Well, yeah. uh, yeah, (laughs) Yes. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. So looking at the, look at this list again. What, what, Kenny, what stands out to you? I, I appreciated the list. Um, and I guess, you know, maybe I'm a list guy in some ways, but it, it, it gives me a, more, a way to look at my leadership style and how I'm leading myself and how I'm leading others and gives me um, just some benchmarks that I can pay attention to, you know, the intelligence, you know, where, where's my expertise? You know, one thing you said about curiosity is that as you get older, the tendency is that we we uh, stop being curious, and it's because typically we we think we have figured out the world, and this is how it is, and this is what works for me, mm-hmm. and we don't we we stop being curious, and and I, I think uh, I appreciated his statement or comment that we should really avoid that. We mm-hmm. you know should continue to be curious. Um, the humility one you hear that a lot, um, but just uh, being aware of your limitations. Um, you know, then the resilience, we've heard that one talked about a couple of times during the, this conference and like you're talking about empathy, the, the integrity one. And for me personally, uh, I think I've been working on over the past year is, is the resilience and the integrity. And for me, integrity, it's the meaning of that word is, is like, okay, am I the same in every relationship? And so when you apply it to leadership, that's what we were talking about earlier. It's like, do I lead the same in all of my leadership relationships? And do I have integrity in that? And I, I see that lacking in my own leadership, but I see that lacking in a lot of leaders. You know, it's like mm-hmm. they may be strong in leading in this area, but they la- they're, they're really lacking in this area. So they lack integrity. Mm-hmm. leadership integrity so as a whole i just appreciate it kind of like this uh you know we were talking about metrics earlier these these i would call value metrics yeah mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. it gave me some words for okay that's that's what i mean by that it's like that's what i would want to measure in my, in my leadership or these mm-hmm. types of metrics mm-hmm. i can definitely feel as as someone as a leader in my 40s i can definitely feel that uh that quality of curiosity beginning to die off Hmm. because you know, I don't know Mm -hmm. if it's just, it's just the experiences in life. It's, it's, you start to see the same situations played out in different ways over and over again, pattern, pattern recognition, whatever it is, but you see something and you go quick to, uh, I've been here before. This is what this is. You make more assumptions than you do investigate the whys behind things and, you know, honestly, most of the time you're right, but when you're wrong, you're really wrong, mm. and, and, and being wrong hurts you. And so, um, so it's something that I, I can appreciate that I have to start safeguarding against. The world, to me, is, is less of a, an ocean of knowledge that I want to drink constantly from, yeah. and I'm now more focused in on my little world mm-hmm. and feel like I've seen a lot and know a lot. What else left is there to explore? Totally. So that could be very dangerous for that to die off. You bet. Um, yeah, empathy definitely is where I struggle the most. But luckily, I'm a decent listener. Mm-hmm. So I could at least fake empathy. 
Because I listen well. You do. <laughs> yeah, th- thank you. I Eric. talk to you for hours, and you, you go, mm-hmm. uh-huh. that's crazy. That's no a, way. That's, that's crazy. All, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, leave my house. That's the, yeah. late, <laughs> that's, that's the uh, late night talk show host uh-huh. style exactly. of listening. Right? <laughs> exactly. I feel like David Letterman did that all the time. All of them. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. You bet. So anyways. Yeah. Like, Letterman was always looking to just... Leave. Give his next yeah, leave. <laughs> <laughs> Throw his next jab or joke. I don't know if he was ever actually listening Johnny, Johnny to Johnny Carson, guests. I know I'm you know, I'm the boomer here, but Johnny Carson. Is that again? Yeah, he okay. was the, yeah. the yeah, best yeah, at yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. Oh, they great. all learned from Johnny. That makes sense. Um what do you think about in this um in this season, this pandemic, um, definitely a crisis uh, for for most leaders. What uh, of these qualities and we're looking out in our mm-hmm. networks. Where do you see, what quality do you see lacking the most hmm. out there? It, 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 before we answer that question, he I, I also appreciated how Tomas talked about how it's in crisis that we tend to develop more. Yeah, and it's learning as a leader to also learn how to develop in these you know again value metrics, even in the times that it's not a crisis moment. Yeah. And that's, man, that's a great quality if you can establish that. Mm-hmm. So which ones do, do we see that are lacking? Yeah, maybe, not, maybe we're going to look outward. We're sure. going to see the issues that are out there um, and, and leaders who are really struggling in this time or, you know, even people who are complaining about their leaders. Totally. You know, fine-tuning to what, what is it that's off in these leaders that they're not navigating well through this crisis. I'd venture to say uh, curiosity is probably the f- first one that popped off the mm. page for me was just um, like being in the marketing sales world right as this thing started. Um, it kind of like go- not just reptilian brain, but it's like very conservative, very like I need to hold close to my like the mm. week before COVID started. I was like, like literally knocking on doors, like mm-hmm. selling marketing, having meetings with people and people were going, I'm super interested. And then literally days later, some of the same people were like, I need to be more reserved. And that's not a knock on them. That's not a knock on their leaderships. That's that's pretty wise. But I think curiosity is a is a breeding ground, like when comfort and peace are like already established. And so I've just seen a lot of um, people I've talked to in terms of independent graphic designers or independent mm-hmm. um, musicians mm-hmm. or artists. A lot of them right now are just trying to figure out how to pay bills. And they're not, and I'll go to them and say, hey, how about, how, let's try this innovation. How about, how about mm-hmm. this? Let, let, let's try this. And they're like, no, 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 no. I'm just going to do what I know works mm-hmm. and not try anything extra. Yeah. I wanna, I'm going to share, that reminds me of, uh, so in a very interesting story, and this is real. This, they have actually did a snippet on this on CNBC um, of, of a leader who's handled the crisis brilliantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it goes back to it's because he had already a culture that established this psychological safety that we mm-hmm. were introduced to in session five in that it's a small business and they did it was toss up events. So his business was to go and bring these very cool, awesome, big tailgating games to like big events or football stadiums, mm-hmm. sports arenas. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, the crisis killed that. Yeah, you know they went from a growing, expi- you know, um, expanding business to nothing. And he said in the interview that um, that he spent a day sulking on the couch, 
and then went back the next day and was like, all right, well, we can't do that. What are we going to do? And so he brought his team together, and they just had a big brainstorming session. Like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. They pivoted so quickly that they realized, okay, well, in this, in this season, what do people need? And so they began to create a, a way for businesses to get hand sanitizers, these pop-up displays that were branded with their business. Mm-hmm. Really? Right? Wow. So he goes into business, and he immediately pivots. His business got nothing to do with the current line of work he's in, but because he's created an environment, because he stayed curious, because right. he stayed humble, because he stayed a lot of these things, mentally tough, resilient, um, you know, intelligent, you see so many things in play, now they're, they're killing it. They're crushing it. They're expanding their team by selling these pop-up hand sanitizer stands all over the globe, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. What does that have to do with tailgating events? Nothing. Nothing. But if you're gonna if you're gonna be the kind of leader that's gonna allow that sort of freedom and flexibility within your environment, and you're modeling that, those are the kind of things. You bet. They're intangible. How can you explain totally. that this is what's going to happen if you lead like this? You bet. But you're going to create those environments where opportunities. You're just going to take advantage of opportunities. Yeah. So, and there's yeah. there's another opportunity there. Even if you can't come up with something like that, that's a quick pivot that can really expand. Yeah. When, in moments of crisis, the one that we're in right now, as far as business, it's we've been hearing a lot of throughout this conference too. Is that sometimes you just need to slow some things down. And that's the perfect opportunity mm-hmm. to become more curious, to learn, to because now you know you have more time to like, hey, let me explore, let me take the time to go through this online course or whatever, mm-hmm. as not only as a leader but to lead your team that way to provide those type of opportunities because then you can take those things that you have the time to learn and be curious about, and then when it's time to really take off, you've got even more expertise, which was another mm-hmm. one of those things on your team. And so I think it's a great opportunity to do that instead of, like you say, sit on the couch and just kind of yeah. sulk. Yeah. 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 So, so Dr. Thomas's advice was to ask yourself three questions. Here are his three questions. How could you have better prepared for this, this crisis, right? This is, this is a reflective posture that we all have right now. As a leader, how could you have better prepared for this crisis? How could your team have better prepared for this crisis? Two... How are you or your team going to emerge stronger from this? So speaking a little bit more to the resiliency side of it. And three, what are you going to, what are you going to do to improve in these six qualities, either individually or collectively? Like, because they, you're not going to go buy them from, from Amazon. So you're, yeah. you've got to put <laughs> yeah. effort into developing these in some way. And, uh, and be better prepared for the next time this happens. So um, I love that. Let's pivot mm-hmm. to, uh, to Lisa's talk on um, ultimately forgiveness uh, and, um, and, and tying that into, honestly, the quality, the, the uh, ability to create an environment where innovation is possible a lot. And so she, she tried to make a pairing here, but I, I, I really think it's hard to summarize Lisa's talk because it was more of a testimony. Yeah. And if you haven't heard Lisa's testimony about the forgiveness that she went through, that process of forgiveness um, with her husband, then I think you, just, you ultimately just need to Google some of her talks 
and re-listen to that. Mm-hmm. Um, because forgiveness um, is a powerful tool, even in the workplace, right? We get hurt all the time, whether that's home or whether that's work, right? How we handle forgiving others and giving them permission to still, you know, show up and be themselves, not holding things against the people that have wronged us in the workplace is, I think, a sign of of these other six qualities that Dr. Tomas was talking about. Mm-hmm. So, um, Aaron, do you have any grudges that you want to confess against me? <clears throat> or? Well, one time. Yeah. In that, case. No. <laughs> but I do think, um, like, this imagery of, like, you ever been to Ikea? You guys mm-hmm. been to Ikea? You ever yeah. got something on Ikea? You try to build it? Yeah. Um, while you're talking about that, because I do believe that she shared a really powerful testimony, um, and and her story and then she was talking about innovation and I was trying to see where they connected and something just popped in my head was imagine buying a couch from Ikea and you go home and start building it and your house catches on fire right Mm -hmm. and instead of leaving you just keep building the couch (laughs) and then two hours later you're dead Mm -hmm. the couch probably built it's probably not actually because it's missing pieces because it's Mm -hmm. Ikea Mm -hmm. but it's not a conducive environment if there's it's chaos and there's hostility if you're trying to build something. So I think the biggest part of the innovation that she was touching on was um, two of like deeply rooted things that come from unforgiveness is on the inside it's it's like grudges and on the outside it's shame, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think if there's a workplace environment, um, crafting an environment where it's full of peace, which we've talked about a lot, mm-hmm. and it's full of um, synergy like michael todd was talking about if those components aren't present then you're in a sinking ship and it kind of goes back to craig rochelle's um i think initial section yesterday when he was talking about that the life cycle of of a business and if something's failing you need to address what's what's broken whether it's empathy whether it's it's like spending 15 minutes talking to your team or if it's just no one's talking about anything so i really believe forgiveness is um, just a very powerful way to, to destroy shame, destroy grudges, mm-hmm. and put a fire hose on the bur- the burning house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to admit most workplaces um, they don't include that as a quality. No. You don't see that as core value. That's good. Yeah, list very often. But mm-hmm. um, I agree with you. If you um, there's a couple of things that come to mind. One is that you can't forgive some an offense that you don't know that you create, you know, yeah. that you did. Yeah. Um, and so having that open, you know, just that environment where there, there is that psychological safety, you know, f- you know, felt safety in, on your team to where people can, you know, have open conversations about, Hey, you know, the, the way this went down hurt me. Yeah. And so that there can be forgiveness that happens, I think that's key. But also, you know, harboring grudges or resentments, that's a killer mm-hmm. in any relationship. And and so um, we talk about it a lot in relationships. And, of course, she's coming from the context of a marriage relationship. But to transfer that into a work environment, those relationships, it can be a powerful thing. But it, it really does kind of just – it's consistent with what we've been talking about through the totally. last couple of sessions recaps. I thought this was an interesting definition of innovation that Lisa had as it applies to the workplace. She said this, that innovation is the mystery that someone is dying to solve if you will make them feel safe enough to do so. Mm-hmm. And and I and that's this is a great example how for how unforgiveness can stifle innovation in the workplace, right? Yeah. If you've got 
people that have answers to glaring problems in your business, but the person they are supposed to bring that idea to, there's distrust and exactly. there, there's unforgiveness. Then obviously, then that idea is just going to like dormant. It's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Um, where and so this all again, it ties back to this idea of psychological safety. Mm-hmm. As, as leaders, as parents, as teachers, as influencers. Period. Yeah, are we safe places? For people to come and talk, communicate, share their thoughts openly, honestly, um, and and can we have debate with without ridiculing and making yeah. people feel less than hmm. you know? Because clearly that's not happening anywhere on social media, from <laughs> Facebook to Twitter to Instagram to even the Next Door app. Folks, are y'all on your next door apps? Oh, dude, it's wild. Next door is like the next level of cutting your neighbor's knees off. (laughs) You know, it's like the the backstabbing and the childlike behavior that's on the next door apps across our country is ridiculous. It's like strange how Jeremy left his branches on right. my porch. Right. Yeah, Karen. You know, it's yeah, it's it's embarrassing (laughs) because it, it really is showing the maturity of our country at this yeah. point. And and for us as leaders, we have to recognize that, see that and ask ourselves are we being that immature in our responses to people when we disagree with them? Yeah. That's why right? we need leaders. Yeah, I mean we it's it's ridiculous. Mm. So, um there's a lot of good stuff in in session 6. Again, I think I really do think the theme was Take a moment with this session and, and think through these qualities. Um, evaluate them within yourself and ask yourself what you're going to do. Yeah. What's, what's your game plan? Mm-hmm. You know? So, um, well, we have one more session left. Can't wait. It's always the best for last. I, you know, every conference ends with some, with some powerful, or maybe that or everybody just remembers the last session if they haven't left <laughs> early. Sure. The most fresh on their mind. Yeah. It, yeah. It's Friday afternoon, so maybe uh, maybe most people will check out of this session. But hey, our, <laughs> our recap will be here for you That's to right. save you time. So anyway, we'll be back soon. For more free content from Joe and his team of church misfits, visit www.catalystcollective.community.